We're going to turn now from Gary, Indiana, to the city next door. Chicago is the hometown of Naomi Harvey-Turner, a Lakota activist and co-president of Shy Nations, a council for Native youth in the city. And Shy is for Chicago, but it's also, um, I believe in Ojibwe, it means many for, you know, all the different tribal affiliations of members um, within the youth group. And we started off just trying to make a safe space for youth to talk um, because there is a lot of issues with people not listening to the youth, to us. But members also spent a lot of time traveling around Chicago and the Midwest, making connections with other Native youth councils, running presentations on Native culture, and marching in climate change protests. Many of these activists were in high school. It was definitely hard. I would be missing for a week or two um, because I was in New York or I was in D.C. or some other um, res. And my teachers were definitely supportive of me, but I would come back with a workload. Um, Sometimes it's hard. I've had people whisper rude comments of, you know, why are you doing all this? It doesn't matter. And for those people, um, I realized that a lot of the kids that I went to school with in high school um, were from the hood or from the projects. So what they saw was that, you know, no matter how they try, how much they tried, nothing would change. I definitely understand that. You know, definitely things haven't always changed for the better, but I think that, you know, you should fight anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you ended up at a protest in Standing Rock North Dakota. Yeah. What happened was that DAPL, the Dakota Access Pipeline, um, wanted to build an oil pipeline originally in Bismarck, where their population is majority white. And they decided that it was too much of a hazard to build it there. So they decided that they were going to build it on um, an Indian reservation Standing Rock Reservation. A lot of these pipelines, they break. And when they break, um, the oil would go into the water. And, you know, harming the water would also harm indigenous people because, you know, water is life. Many Wachoni, it's very important to our traditions. And so when you poison the water, you poison the land, you poison the animals, you poison the plants. And so people are already struggling on these reservations to live Poisoning the water would practically kill them. When you went there as part of your youth council, were you aware that uh, the protests, in many ways, was started by young people at Standing Rock? Yeah, I was definitely aware. We were camping with the youth, and it felt really good to, you know, be surrounded by youth, um, seeing them build teepees, and they helped us build our tent and created a stove for us, and we were, you know, sitting around the fire, you know, talking to each other. We had moments where we were making food for each other, you know, building stuff with each other. And I I think that, you know, it was very important because it, it showed how powerful youth are, you know, how much we can actually do if we had that kind of support from people, you know, people that actually see our, you know, our power and our potential and helped um, help educate us um, and help us even be aware of, you know, our power and our potential. 
And what was your actual experience of the protests themselves? Was it what you expected? I think it was and it wasn't what I expected. So definitely on the media, it showed very intense fights between the water protectors and the DAPL people showing, you know, water guns and rubber bullets and stuff like that. But when I was there, it was safe. I mean, there was definitely some tense moments. I was, you know, down on the front lines and you could see DAPL security up on the hill and there were um, water protectors um, in the river, you know, standing with their hands up. I also remember at night, you know, floodlights, you know, there was no complete darkness that, you know, the lights were always on you and there were always helicopters in the sky. So it was even brighter than Chicago out there in the middle of North Dakota. Yes, definitely. It was a lot brighter. I mean, Chicago has its lights, but the way that those floodlights were positioned, it was like shining, you know, right on you. They're all actually there to remind us that they're watching us, you know, that they're still there. So there's a lot of mental warfare going on, I would say. And another interesting thing that I experienced is that there wasn't really a place for you yeah. to wash up. And so we went to the hotel on the reservation and actually got kicked out, um, and which I thought was very interesting because, you know, we're here, you know, fighting for the people on the reservation, you know, fighting for the very water that, you know, that hotel is using. So you, you really experienced some of the cross pressures that anybody who joins a protest experiences, I think. How long were you there altogether? Um, just a week. Uh-huh. How did the experience change you? Um, how did it change me? If it did I at think, all. I mean, it definitely did. It made me... In Chicago, I have experienced, you know, racism, discrimination. And then, you know, I've also, I guess, read about it too, you know, you know studying that as an activist and just a scholar, but there's a certain thing you just, you know, you can't know until you experience it. Seeing the way that people have to live on the reservation, you know, the fact that the water protectors, you know, made a point, you know, to every single person in that camp that we are not getting violent. This is about praying. This is a sacred space. And they went up to the front lines, you know, with their hands up, just praying. And there are people on the other side, you know, seeing their very existence as something dangerous, as a threat now. You said that you would be willing to die for the cause. That's quite an extraordinary thing for an 18-year-old even to have to think, let alone say. Why would you be willing to die for the cause? Um, I mean, one aspect is that, you know, definitely in Chicago and many big cities, you see people die for no reason. And so I didn't want to get hit by a car. I didn't want to get, you know, shot by a stray bullet. But also that, once again, that, you know, people see my very existence as a threat. And so, you know, I decided that if, you know, if one day I have a daughter or a son and if my death, let them be able to, you know, pray and live. And, you know, my ancestors 
you know, died and fought for my very existence and for my ability to practice my culture. So, you know, why not do the same for my own descendants? Naomi Harvey-Turner is co-president of Shy Nations Youth Council and a student at DePaul University in Chicago. 